Hello and welcome to the SBK betting podcast for an FA Cup third round special. It certainly is a special weekend in the footballing calendar. Over the next half hour, we're going to provide you with all the information you need ahead of five days of football containing a massive 32 fixtures. My name is Alex Brinson. I'm joined today by both Freddie Walker and Izzy Barker. We've had a little interesting festive period for all our teams. I think Arsenal probably the worst of the three. But none of us have covered ourselves in glory, it's fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, Freddie, why don't you talk us through your um, your weekend, mate? Yeah, it wasn't, uh, <laughs> wasn't the best weekend. I went to uh, Craven Cottage in the away end. Uh, first four minutes, thought it was going to be a great start to the new year. I thought I'd be in here uh, speaking to Izzy with a nice 3-4-0, but that was not the way football goes. Uh, and it was a very disappointing next 85 minutes, to be honest. <laughs> Not happy at all, but um, we're now sitting in fourth. Uh, but it was a good New Year's anyway. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Izzy, how was your festive period? And did you cover any games? Where were you? Yeah, I was at Brighton Tottenham, which was great. And then I went to Glamorous Kenilworth Road again for Luton Chelsea, my favourite place. Um, and obviously Craven Cottage. Um, I could not only hear... Um, the Fulham chance, I could hear Freddie's tears from, from the away end. But no, it's been a great weekend and just, yeah, feeling great as a Fulham fan personally. Um, as Freddie said, I thought it's going to be one of those days again from that first goal. But um, yeah, Fulham turned it around and it's just a massive win. It's one, feels like one of the biggest wins I've seen as a, well, witnessed as a Fulham fan. Nice. Um, and as, yeah, it's sort of both... A lot of teams at the top sort of slipping up and City have sort of walked back from Saudi and won two games. So, in short, Izzy, you can go first. Who's going to win the Premier League? It honestly saddens me to say it because I've been harping on on the podcast about how open this title race has been and things like that. But I just think City are going to do it. Um, the quality's always been there on, on paper. Um, having that missing link to Bruyne kind of, you know, coming back and hopefully and kind of changing their season around. And obviously Arsenal losing at Fulham, it, it's brilliant to say it. Um, I just, <laughs> not rough, today. Not <laughs> I know, I'm not, I'm not actually in the building, so I'm, I'm loving it. But um, I, just, I just think, you know, we spoke about kind of those last gasp winners and things like that from Arsenal and maybe it's just a little bit leggy at this point of the season. But yeah, I'm, I'm going with City. Freddie, who are you going for, mate? Oh, Aston Villa, of course, Alex. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> as much as I actually would like that to be the case, no, I, I'm going to also go with City. Uh, I think Liverpool might challenge them the furthest. I would have liked to have been sitting here thinking Arsenal were still mm. in it, but I think five points away off top now. And City are only going to get stronger as the season goes. So looks much harder for Arsenal right now. Yeah, um, it's a clean sweep for City from my point of view. I just... I, th I think Liverpool have been good, but I just they're just a little bit sort of frail. I don't quite fully trust it. I think it's a bit of a leftover from last season. A few inexperienced players. Yeah, um, yeah so I'm City as well. And if De Bruyne comes back as he looks like he's about to, then yeah, it could be they could win <laughs> at a canter, I suspect. Yeah. Um, correct selections from over the festive period. Um, we sort of had a bit of a tricky one because we pre previewed two weekends at once uh, with the weekend before and then Boxing Day. Um, so the crystal balls were out and they weren't always successful, I think it's fair to say. Um, so I got the most with six, Izzy with five and Freddie with four. So I will be keeping this wonderful trophy for this week. <laughs> um, 
the FA Cup, Freddie, Arsenal have won it, is it 14 times? Yep. Yep, yeah, yeah. nice, lovely. Yeah. Uh, you've obviously got some very happy FA Cup memories. <laughs> um, tell us a bit about some of them and what they mean to you. Yeah, so the FA Cup does mean a lot to us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not to everyone these days, but it is still a wonderful trophy. It is a magic cup. Um, and the first one being, in, in my actual adult life, Arsenal winning a trophy was the whole FA mm. Cup game where we go 2-0 down within eight minutes and then Santa Cazorla pulls on back and then Koscielny in the 70th and then Aaron Ramsey in extra time. So that was a pretty magic game. It looked like we were maybe going to do a Carabao Cup Birmingham City game where Obafami Martins was doing uh, yeah, back yeah. Run, like, yeah. back wheels <laughs> and all yeah. of that. I've um, actually blanked that from my memory. Yeah, so. it, was a, it was a horrible, horrible day. Uh, but luckily we got over the line and then back to back, we then go and I won't touch on it too much, Alex, no. but we beat Villa 4-0 yeah, uh, the next year in the FA Cup <laughs> final. So that was also a lovely one. And then one of my favourite games of all time, I think I've touched on it on this uh, podcast before, Chelsea versus Arsenal, where we had Holding and Per Mertesacker who had hardly played for us that season, uh, starting at centre-backs against Diego Costa, Eden Hazard, Willian, and Chelsea won the league that year. So it was mm. kind of that prime Chelsea team under Conte. And we managed to beat them 2-1. Victor Moses got sent off for diving. Uh, questionable handball from Alexis Sanchez. But <laughs> again, Aaron Ramsey getting the winner. Um, and that's the best game I think I've ever gone to in terms of atmosphere-wise as an Arsenal fan. And then we had the COVID one as well, with, yeah. with the Bamiyan just tearing it up, which doesn't... No one actually really remembers that. Yeah, no one really remembers that one, but it was a trophy for Arteta in his first season. Uh, so let that be known. Arteta has won the trophy okay. at Arsenal. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's good times. We love the FA Cup. And for me, obviously, it's been a, a mixed bag. I was at that 4-0 game. Yeah. I also went to another... The second, the most recent FA Cup game I've been to was also the 4-0 loss of Villa. So some tough memories, but the semi-final against Liverpool uh, just before that final was like, I was at that game as well. And that was one of those where uh, at the time I was sort of moving into becoming more of a fan. Yeah. And that sort of really like, I was like, wow, this is something yeah. special. And unfortunately, I don't know what I'd quite let myself in for <laughs> over the coming <laughs> years. But um, yes, yeah, so, so it holds a very special place to me as well. And is he at the other end of the scale supporting a team that has never won it? What does it mean for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now it's your turn to have the, have the, it's the jokes on me now, I guess, having having never won it. But I guess I had to kind of talk to people in my family and my dad to kind of think of the real big FA Cup memories for the club. Um, we re Fulham did reach the final back in 1975. Um, kind of just like from what my dad's told me of that time. Um, they beat Everton, like Fulham were in like the second tier at the time, beat Everton um, to the to get to the final. And I think the, they, they played West Ham and the guy that's like shone for West Ham that day scored two goals for West Ham, Alan Taylor, like never did anything else ever again and became a milkman and opened a news agent. So <laughs> it's a very Fulhamish FA Cup story. Um, but I think in terms of, um, yeah, so that's kind of like my connection. But um, yeah, I think, we're kind of due a good cup run. And obviously that time when we got to the final, we beat Everton. Um, and interestingly, in the League Cup this year, we've beat, beaten Everton to get into the semis. So maybe, I don't know, it's just a good omen for me, I think, about the FA Cup this season. Nice. And Freddie, as we sort of touched on, Arsenal's season is um, not going quite as you planned, um, given the most recent results. <laughs> um, in light of that, do you think you should 
try and really win it this year and get another trophy or would you rather them sort of try and sustain a title push we should definitely try and win it we should try and win every trophy we're in to be honest we've spent a lot of money on the squad to yeah. be able to do that uh so we should be trying to compete for it but i don't think it should be our top priority i still think the league and the champions league should be the top tier ones that we go for but this is a good opportunity to knock out one of the teams that's mm. going to be favorite to win it um obviously no mo salah as well this weekend um so we have a good chance at home to knock out liverpool and then maybe get a more favorable draw in the next round and see where it takes us. You never know if the likes of City are going to lose to someone unexpectedly. So we should definitely try, see how far we can get and, and see how the draw uh, favours you or not. And Izzy, with Fulham um, seeming pretty safe, I think it's fair to say, but not looking like you're going to sort of push for Europe, how much of a boost would like a real strong cup run be? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because actually I think it would be a massive boost because obviously I remember like the Europa League run and everyone kind of, it's touch and go whether you kind of take the extra fixtures in your stride. But Fulham, it just, when we reached that final, we just oozed confidence and we had this feel-good factor at the club. And um, that was under Roy Hodgson in 2010. And I feel like we're kind of getting that feel-good factor back under Marco Silva this year. And something like an FA Cup run would just be fantastic. Like when I've been into press conferences at Fulham, um, actually, Alex, it's funny. It's from the playoff final. There's this massive um, picture of against Villa at Wembley of like the white wall. Which yeah, yeah. There's no need to go too deep into that. <laughs> You're really rubbing it in, I know. Um, and it's just kind of those big events and what it means to the fan base is, is actually a lot. I don't think people know too much about our fans being these tremendous sort of traveling support or anything like that, but it actually does mean a great deal. And you could see that in playoff finals and things like that. So. I think, a, a, you know, a massive a final in an FA Cup would, would be huge for the club. And I think Marco Silva is the, the perfect man to, to take us to a final. Perfect. And now um, let's move on to sort of our bet builder se uh, selection. We veered away from Liverpool Arsenal because we had that last week, basically. Yeah. And um, we've gone for Sunderland Newcastle. Is this the game, the biggest, is this game the biggest attraction of the weekend? A hundred percent. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, obviously we saw Liverpool Arsenal on the 23rd. Wasn't that amazing of a game? <laughs> I actually think this might be a better game. And we haven't seen this derby since 2016. So whilst there was quite, there's been quite a lot of change in that time, it's still going to be very exciting to see it. I mean, we've had what Sunderland spend four seasons in League One since mm -hmm. then. You've had Newcastle go down to the Championship, go back to the Premier League, become the richest club in world football, Sunderland on one of the smallest wage budgets in the Championship. So we're in very different times since they last met, but it's going to be an amazing game nonetheless. The atmosphere is going to be special. Fans are going to be up for it, and I'm, I'm sure the fans are happy that they've got it back as well because uh, I'm sure they're going to enjoy some bragging rights over the yeah. other one at the end of this. And Izzy, what have you made of Newcastle this season? Yeah, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? I feel like this is class, classic, like victims of their own success. Um, you know, nobody expected them to be as formidable as they are so quickly after the Saudi takeover. Um, you know, they overachieved last season, and then this season they've just been decimated by injuries. Obviously, the extra European fixtures um, have played. You know, he hasn't been able to rotate the squad as much, so then there's been more injuries and things like that. And last season it was this kind of high intensity run them into the ground football 
Whereas with the European fixtures and injuries, they haven't been able to do that as much. You know, Eddie Howe would always talk about emptying the tank to his players and they'd maybe have to be subbed off after even 60, 70 minutes. Um, they just haven't been able to do that. They've still shown that they can blow, blow away some teams, um, but they're just kind of missing that trademark high intensity that they had last season. And when they don't have that high intensity, they just look a bit... They lack ideas, they lack shape. I, I don't really know what their identity is this season. So I think maybe they could be pushing for a, a battle around the seven to 10 places rather than that those top European spots. But that's not necessarily a bad season for the history of Newcastle. No, that's a very good point. Um, Freddie, the, the head-to-head record between these two teams is pretty mental. It's 53 wins each. Yeah. And Newcastle haven't beaten them in their last nine games. Obviously, you've said we haven't, they haven't played since 2016. So yeah. much has changed. Yeah, I think the only player left on either side from the last game is Jamal Lascelles. Okay. Wow. Is any of that, the stats I've just reeled off, is any of that relevant? Uh, to be honest, I don't think so because <laughs> the, the teams have just changed, as I've mentioned, so much. The clubs have changed so much. Mm. They're two completely different clubs to what they were at the time. Obviously, you've got rid of Mike Ashley now, and this Newcastle team has had a lot of money spent on it. I think the um, Sunderland team in the last game they played cost a total of $24 million, around that, uh, whereas the Newcastle team in the last game they played with a lot of injuries was something like $290 million. <laughs> So it, there's, there's quite a difference there <laughs> yeah. um, uh, within... The, the stature of the clubs right now, one has played Champions League football since the last time they met. They've beaten PSG this season. Uh, <laughs> so Sunderland, whilst they're having a decent season, will do very, very well to to challenge Newcastle in this game. And I think that's really what the fans will be looking for. Not necessarily a win against Newcastle, but just do not let us get demolished <laughs> and actually fight for fight yeah. for some kind of result here. And Izzy, Newcastle have been very, very poor on the road. Only Sheffield United have taken less points than them on the road in the Premier League. And their way, one away win this season it was against Sheffield United. This is surely their biggest concern, and especially going into a game like this. Yeah, it's just crazy when you look at the stats. I, I read something like 82% of their points are being claimed at St James's Park, and they've got the worst away, their worst away form since they were promoted to the Prem last in 2017. Uh, just some damning stats, really. And obviously, we know St James's Park is a fortress, and obviously, with most teams, it is worth noting that obviously they are going to be stronger at home. And I kind of listening to Eddie Howe in press conferences and things like that, he can't really put his finger on why they have been so bad away, um, away from home. You, obviously, I touched on injuries and things like that, and I sort of feel like they, because of the injuries, they've not been able to build this stable defence. And I think that has played a massive role in why they have been poor. And that doesn't help away from home as well. And with that high intensity style, um, they're even less intense away from home, if that makes sense. Just on the pitch and the ground they cover and things like that and how territorial they are on the pitch. Um, But they desperately need to kind of restore that away from if they're going to have any hopes of European football. Freddie, where can Sunderland hurt Newcastle? And have they almost got to see this as a bit of like a free hit and come out of the blocks flying and just sort of see what happens, really? Yeah, I mean, this is an injury-ravaged Newcastle yeah. side. They, they've got a lot of issues. They've won one in their last eight games. They're really struggling to keep clean sheets. A stat I saw was that in the Liverpool game, uh, they conceded 34 shots and an XG of 7.27, which is the most in Premier League history. Yeah. In any any since the records began. So... They really got put to the sword by Liverpool. And 
that shows that the defence, obviously the injuries are affecting it. And Sunderland, have a go. Go at Newcastle. Mm. Uh, try and get nick a goal. Uh, but then on the other side of it, Newcastle are scoring goals still. And they can still score goals. So that's going to be the, the problem. They've got to get the right balance. Sunderland have struggled to some extent with goals this year. And Rusin, their kind of Ukrainian striker, is the first Sunderland striker to get a goal this season in the league. Oh, okay. And that was in the last match against Preston. So it's taken them a long yeah. time to get a goal from the striker. So, I mean, Jack Clark is doing well on the wing, but they, they, they just need to go at Newcastle, get a couple of goals and take on that defence, I think. And Izzy, what does a win mean for either of these sides? It's quite simple, really. And I think Freddie's touched on it quite a bit. But obviously, you know, just Newcastle, they just need a huge performance. The pressure is massively on. Lost their last three games. And they're without a win against Sunderland since August 2011. Um, so they're just it's just to stop that toxicity seeping into the club, I think. We know Newcastle fans are so passionate, but then they can be so passionate against their club as well. So I think we could start to see even more pressure mounting on Eddie Howe if it, if it goes the wrong way and, and things like that, which is sad because he has done brilliantly, I think, in, in the grand scheme of the history of the club. Um, Sunderland, I think they're just, I just think the pressure is off. I think if they get a win, they're just going to continue oozing that confidence. Seven points from their last three games. And, you know, they're just going to really, it's just going to really cement what is a really good season for them so far. And obviously looking to secure a place in the championship playoffs um, come May. And I think this will just really help that feel good factor I've kind of spoken about, about cup runs. Mm. And Freddie, Newcastle haven't won a domestic trophy um, since... No, domestic trophy, sorry, since 1955. With no European football for the rest of the season, is this a really good chance for them to do it? And should they really be going all out for this? Yeah, I think the FA Cup 100%. They're, they're obviously out of everything else. Sorry, Newcastle fans. But they, they had a good chance last year at the Carabao Cup. Um, losing out to Man U towards the end. Unlucky this year, I'd say, against Chelsea um, to not be in the final mm. of that again. So with their league form being pretty poor at the moment in time, at this moment in time, Europe's looking a little bit unlikely right now. So to make this season anything, you've got to go all out on the FA Cup, get a good cup run together and, and go win it for the fans, I guess, because their expectations were set pretty high from, yeah. from last year's amazing season. Right. Bet builders. Freddie, you're up first, mate. Okay, so I have gone, I've mentioned him already, Jack Clark to score, the Sunderland man, both teams to score, and yep. Newcastle to win. So okay. I'm backing Newcastle to get a few goals here, win the game, but I do think Sunderland will score, and I think that man will be Jack Clark. And um, that is at 8.8. .8. Okay, I've gone for both teams to score, over 2.5 goals, over 2.5 cards for the home team and over 2.5 cards for the away team. <laughs> and that is uh, 4.1. So I'm expecting a feisty game. Uh, Newcastle's uh, disciplinary record has not been great this year. I think Bruno has loved a card and especially in these sort of games he'll be, where he'll be really fired, fired, fired up, he will definitely be thrown in a couple of challenges. Um, Sunderland's matches are averaging 2.46 goals a game. Newcastle's are averaging 3.4 goals a game. So over 2.5 goals feels quite safe. Izzy, what have you got? 
So I've gone Sunderland to win both teams to score and Jack Clark to score first. I think that took the odds up massively. It's at 30 on SBK. Um, <laughs> um, obviously, yeah, Newcastle lost to lower league opposition in the third round of the FA Cup in each of the past two seasons. Uh, Sunderland are unbeaten in the last nine games against Newcastle. In terms of both teams to score, um, I just think this has the hallmark of an absolute cup classic game and obviously the Newcastle do have more quality in their side um, and Jack Clark scoring 10 goals across all competitions this season um, so yeah I just think to, he could be that that um, the key to Sunderland's success in this game and he, he definitely could score first for sure It's a brave brave selection from <laughs> <laughs> Freddie your four team Acker for us please mate so I've gone Spurs to beat Burnley I've I've backed Spurs way too many times yeah, this year, yeah. just to say that. <laughs> they have always come in Watford to beat Chesterfield Norwich to beat Bristol Rovers and Swansea to beat Morecambe at 4.3 so Spurs reasoning is Burnley have lost 10 of their last 11 away games at Spurs uh, so it's not a happy hunting ground for Burnley Spurs have progressed from third round in 16 of their last 17 FA Cup third round games. The one that they didn't progress in, I must say, was against Arsenal. A 2-0. Just to drop that in. Just to drop that (laughs) one in. (laughs) But very good form in the third round from Spurs. Um, And Spurs are just in a good run of form, I guess, since since their poor run. Uh, They've come back and won four of their last five. Obviously, a poor result against Brighton, but the rest of the games, they've looked looked very solid. So I think against Burnley, they've already beaten them 5-2 this year. I think they'll, they'll win that one. Next one was Watford, 10th in the Championship versus 1st in the National League. Could have a potential upset mm. here, but Watford have won 15 of their last 16 in the FA Cup versus National League sides. They aren't in the best of form, Watford, but this is the kind of time that you want to play a stronger team to just get that win yeah. and get back into form. Chesterfield have won just one of their nine games against Watford. So... In terms of that head-to-head, I'm backing Watford to see off the National League side, even though Chesterfield are doing amazingly this year. And then uh, Norwich, Bristol Rovers haven't reached the fourth round since 07-08. So it's been a while and they've gone out of this stage five times. Uh, Norwich won three of their last four in this round, so they're pretty successful here. And just in terms of form, Norwich, again, not on the best of form want to bounce back and Bristol Rovers lost last time out to 10-man Wickham uh, pretty poorly. They scored two late goals to make the result look better, but wasn't actually a great performance from the Rovers. So I think that one's going to go to Norwich and then Swansea. First ever meeting between the two, which I think is just quite interesting. They, they've they never met before, so there's not much head-to-head to go off here. <laughs> uh, but uh, in terms of just championship team against League Two team, it seems to me like uh, Swansea are going to steal this one. They had a very good start to the year with a 1-0 win over West Brom. Uh, so I bet them to kind of go into this game with with confidence and, and beat Morecambe as well. Nice. Okay, I've gone for Forest to beat Blackpool, uh, West Brom to beat Aldershot, Fulham to beat Rotherham, and Bournemouth to beat QPR, and that pays at 3.5. Forest have looked really good since Nuno's come in, wins at St. James's Park, and then at home to uh, Man United. He's got a massive squad, so I think he will look to change it up here to have a look at a few different players, but they've got more than enough quality to see off a team, uh, to see off Black, uh, League One Blackpool. West Brom are fifth in the championship. Uh, they come up against Aldershot, who are eighth in the National League. Um, they've won five of their last ten, so they're in good form, beating Leeds at home recently. 
um, and they should be more than good enough to do to win again. Fulham, so I'm backing you as you come on, uh, playing bottom of the championship and. They've just beaten Arsenal. I don't know whether we've touched on that. Um, <laughs> Rotherham have not beaten Fulham since 1992. That is nine matches ago. And Rotherham have won three games all season. They are the perennial go down from the championship, get promoted from League One team. With Fulham safe, as we sort of touched on, they're unlike and unlikely to push for Europe. They could play a strong side with the hope of a good cup run. And Bournemouth to beat QPR... Bournemouth, I mean, aside from Spurs, the Spurs result, Bournemouth have been on really good form. They'd won four in a row going into that. They're up to 12th. Dominic Solanke, as I have uh, tipped a couple of times on this, has been firing them in. QPR have been nothing short of dreadful. I think I saw this stat the other day that in the last five years and the last 10 years, they have lost the most games of any team in the 92, which is tricky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have won at home only twice this year and with the threat of relegation they'll really want to stay up because they really are a, a championship club yeah, um, 100% yeah. they're, they're, they're going to be focusing on that so that pays at 3.5 Izzy what have you got for us so I went Fulham to beat Rotherham Tottenham to beat Burnley Leicester to beat Millwall and Ipswich, Ipswich to beat Wimbledon and that's at 5 on SBK um, yeah going off on what you said about Fulham I think having Willian and Jimenez back um, from injury and suspension just played a huge role in that Arsenal win. Um, I think that will be the case against Rotherham. You know, I think we will see a strong side uh, fielded from Marco Silva, like you said. I think, you know, Jimenez needs to get a bit of a run to build that confidence and get him back from suspension, kind of back into the team and, and flowing. And obviously, like you touched on Rotherham, who are bottom of the championship. Um, moving on to Tottenham against, I remember they absolutely battered Burnley 5-2 back in September. And Burnley have only won last one of the last eight meetings. They haven't beat Tottenham in London since 1983. So that massively helped my decision looking back on those stats. Uh, Leicester Mill, I do think this is going to be a close one, but this was a, they really recently played this fixture only a couple of weeks ago over the Christmas break. And uh, obviously Leicester on a, a red hot run, um, They've only lost three times in the league this season. Um, they clinched the game against Millwall last time out, 3-2. And, um, yeah, just just flying high this season, Leicester. Um, but obviously, it's going to be a tough fixture at Millwall. Um, moving on to Ipswich. Um, what did I say about Ipswich? Sorry. Pause there. Yeah, Ipswich to beat Wimbledon. Ipswich to beat Wimbledon. Um, they haven't won in five, but they've drawn four of those. And obviously, they're just two leagues above Wimbledon. Just, um, you know, on a massive push, doing brilliantly this season to even get promoted. Um, and obviously, AFC Wimbledon sitting in League Two, struggling to kind of just um, build themselves back up. And I just think, yeah, it's, it's going to go in Ipswich's favour, that one. Perfect. And now we're on to a little, nice little different round where we're just doing an upset, a cup upset. Everyone loves it. Um, so the rules for this, with the odds have to be greater than 3.5. Freddie, kick us off, mate. Okay, so I'm going Bolton to beat Luton at 5.8 on SBK. Reason for that is that Bolton have won their last four. They're looking very good in League One, sitting second behind Portsmouth. Kept clean sheets in their last three games. Luton obviously performing pretty well in the Premier League right now. But I just think that despite their home form being pretty good, we've heard we've all mm. heard that stat quite a lot that they've not lost by more than one yeah. goal there. But I think they're getting some hope that they can actually stay in the Premier League. Yeah. And I think 
that might be their focus more than the FA Cup and may open it up for Bolton to cause an upset here um, because obviously Bolton are going to be going for it. And I just think that Luton may rest a few players and focus on the Premier League rather than this FA Cup game and Bolton may cause an upset. Nice. So I've gone, controversially, I've gone for Middlesbrough to beat Aston Villa. Um, and that is at 5.1. Now, our record in the FA Cup has been nothing short of diabolical since we got to the final. We've only got out of the third round once, and that needed a replay. And I went to the uh, round four game, which was a lovely 4-0 loss to Man City that year. Um, Yeah, so, and obviously last year we lost to Stevenage, which was great. Um, I think given our position in the league and still being in the Conference League, I can't see Emery being massively bothered by a cup run. Um, The players have looked... A little bit tired. As it's to be expected over the festive period. Um, and we've had a few injuries, so they haven't been able to rotate as much as we might have liked. Um, so I think he'll rest quite a few players. Um, and Borough have done really well in the EFL Cup already this year. They're through to the semi-finals. So they, um, they've shown that they're a good cup team. Um, they've got Chelsea on Tuesday. And they've also beaten Leicester, Southampton and, the Bag- and West Brom at home this season already. So they've got decent form at home. So I think... Unfortunately, I think Middlesbrough will beat Aston Villa. Izzy, what have you got? I've gone for a bit of a rogue one. I've gone older shot to be West Brom, and that's at 9.8 on SVK. That's a big one. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, I felt like this because I had been involved in a lot of the coverage of older shot in the build-up to them, you know, on this FA Cup run. Um, and you can just see when it's a National League side and they kind of reach this round, I feel like, the togetherness and the spirit is just, it's just undeniable. And I, and I felt it having done interviews and things like that. You know, these are part-time players that maybe are scaffolders or plumbers or taxi drivers. And this is the biggest thing ever for them being at this stage. So they're just going to put absolutely everything into it. And when you look at West Brom, um, they are very flaky in this competition. They've only won it once in 1920, I believe. Um Aldershot doing their last few results okay, they're off back-to-back wins. Um, and just ha- having looked at this run that they've been on in the FA Cup, I just think they can really surprise bigger sides. They just really definitely... It's hard to put it into words in terms of actual stats and things like that, but it's when you're covering it and when you're in the ground, it's this spirit and it's very undeniable. So, yeah, that's a 9.8. But this section obviously is upsets and shocks so yeah definitely comes yeah well you certainly chop one of them in (laughs) (laughs) okay and um goal scorers um you know the drill with this harland is injured he's still not allowed uh freddie what have you got mate (laughs) so i've gone for Mateus cunha versus brentford obviously playing for wolves at 3.65 so huang he chan has just gone away on international duty Cunha's got four in his last eight games. He's in pretty good goal scoring form this year. And I think if anyone is to step up in mm. their star man Chan's absence, I think it, it could be Cunha. And Brentford's form just hasn't been that amazing recently. So I think I think they're they're pretty open to conceding against Wolves, yeah. Perfect. Um I've gone for a Charleston at two point five two. Uh I think Spurs will put out a relatively strong side as we've sort of touched on earlier. Um He's in decent form as well, scoring three in his last four matches. I think Izzy had him on one of those as well. So yeah, he's he's um yeah he looks sort of back to his best really, and he's quite a form player. Like if you remember in the World Cup, he looked like a world beater. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why I've gone for him. And Izzy, who have you got? 
Well, yeah, sadly, obviously, I wanted to go for Jimenez for Fulham, but I don't believe that the um, odds were out yet for it. So I've, I've gone for the same with Richarlison. Just touching on from what you said there, just I think I've, I've said it on the pod a few times, and the way Andrew's got him playing with, with Son's just been a bit of a masterstroke and um, just bouncing off each other brilliantly. And he's, he's sort of oozing that confidence. So, yeah, I've gone with the same. And was that at two point? 2.52. 2.52 on SBK. Perfect. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the SBK Football Podcast. If you've made it to the end, well done. Hopefully we've given you everything you need for this FA Cup weekend. Uh, remember that new customers uh, can get £30 in free bets with SBK when you place your first bets of £10. And of course, T and C's apply. Thank you for listening. <laughs>